Hello, everyone. I am Carly Adair, your host of the Carly Adair podcast, of course. I am so excited to be recording today with Emma McGoldrick. Emma McGoldrick is a graphic designer. She's a creative director and all-around girl boss. I am obsessed with her. Her work has actually been an inspiration to my own for probably about three or four years. That may be dramatic. Probably like two years. Uh, I've definitely followed her on social for like at least a year and a half, too. And her website is so good. She is an amazing um, creative director. She's a creative director for Gals on the Go podcast. She's also the graphic designer for Blender Bombs. And my favorite part about Emma is she is a USC alumni in Columbia, South Carolina. That one. She graduated from the business school, which is a really difficult school to get into there. So she has got the brains and she has got the talent. She moved to New York City after school and her story is really inspiring. I I just love stuff like this. I love when creative people come out, especially of USC. She's also from Hilton Head, which is like basically Charleston, like a little bit below. And I think that region of life just breeds such a unique grit for people who want to be creative because it's not common there like it's not really common for people to come out of that space and I really think that's my niche is like uh, USC alumni building businesses aka people like me so I'm excited for you guys to listen to her. If you are interested in freelancing or wondering how like she prices herself, pitches herself, uh, client communication, like all that stuff, and just generally need advice for motivation, having confidence in yourself, maybe like quitting a corporate job. She didn't do that, but like she built this business completely on her own. And so I think it's really cool and it's a really good story. So make sure you stay tuned before we get into the episode. Just want to do a quick little life update because the last couple episodes, I feel like I kind of like spilled my guts (laughs) and I don't want to leave anybody hanging. You know, all 20 of my listeners, they may be thinking and not be able to sleep at night because they don't know if I still work at Press Juicery or not. And to answer the question, the answer is no, I don't. I just one day I walked in there and I was just like, I feel like I don't need to be here. And my wallet did not uh, logically align. But I do kind of see now and I'm, I'm kind of looking towards the future and clarity. Like it all happened for a reason. But I just put in my two weeks to be respectful and they didn't schedule me the next two weeks. So, you know, that's chapters closed. It was quick. It was lovely. I'm not against going back. But I just applied for another retail job and got an interview on Monday. So I'm super excited. I went to literally Vernon, which is like where the warehouses are for like big or headquarters are in LA for like huge companies near downtown and like waltzed into like headquarters <laughs> because I don't know. I'm crazy. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I just want to share my journey because I'm going to write about it in an autobiography one day. And I may not think I'm not relatable just because I'm so isolated, but I'm sure I'm super relatable. Like I'm sure there's there's obviously people who are like me, if not so much better than me out there, um, who are living this funny life because things are getting done, you know? Like things don't get done like oh like just naturally. Anyways, so I waltzed into these headquarters with my resume and my oversized vintage blazer. And I'm just like, okay, I'm Carly Dare. Like, I applied online and I would just like to speak with somebody about pursuing a job interview. And it got me one on Monday. So that's the luckiness of the geography in LA. I literally have no connections, which I'm realizing 
is only building character. Like, I don't know how far that went in terms of like pushing my resume to the right person, but it definitely built some character. So that's what I was up to because I unfortunately had an issue with a client in the recent month and had to send a letter of demand, which I've never had to do before. It's like not like my character, but I've asked like everybody in my life for advice and that was like the most professional thing to do instead of like whining over an email. So that's what I did. And I can't handle the fact that I did that. Like, I think it's funny <laughs> because I'm just like, what? Like, that's so dramatic. But, you know, problem is resolved. I learned so much from that experience. And I don't know. I just think I am so, I don't know. It's hard to like say things that go on in my brain because I am like generally confident but I feel like I can come across as really cocky if I like uh am speaking in this tone and and usually I'm trying to catch myself more and I think that's the actual lesson these actual lessons are like every time I try to like preach or like give a motivational speech on something I think like I'm learning more myself like what the true character of Jesus would do and he would just like be humble about it you know what I mean like God would just like not I feel like God would just like choose uh, silence a lot of the times that I want to speak up or like I should choose silence because like God will choose like do the dirty work like I will not have to I shouldn't say do the dirty work you know what I mean though like I feel like a lot of the times I feel like I need to say something or I need to preach on something or like when I learn a life lesson I need to share it with the world or um make it like my whole personality trait vent to every single friend and family I have and I feel like that's not the healthiest thing to do you know when there's conflict I feel like the right solution is not to shut up but to let God fix it you know that one uh TikTok where it's like I'm gonna let God fix it because if I fix it I'm going to jail that's like true you know it's just sometimes like confrontation is very good but I think I'm learning that I'm catching myself like gossip way more about like stuff because I I don't trust that God will take care of it so I don't know like that's just like where I'm at in life right now and I think I'm learning so much and maturing so much uh in terms of work and I'm excited for the future I'm excited for my job interview Monday I'm hoping that like I can get my finances in check and just really save up to start pursuing music because last night I went to a Holly Humberstone concert who, by the way, is phenomenal. And she's so underrated and has so many fans, but I feel like she is not given enough clout. Like, her music is so good. And I think she played acoustically, and it was amazing because she was girl bossing too. Like, she was on the stage. It was just her. And then she had a piano, um, another, like, keyboard, like, drum kit thing, and then uh, her, like, guitars. Like, she had an electric guitar. And everything was, like, acoustic. And she literally would just be a one moan band and just pop around and do stuff and everything was pretty much acoustic except for they had a backtrack um but like she played the drum kit live she played the keys live her vocals were live and then like the harmonies and like synths and stuff were in the backtrack but i mean obviously some parts were like backtracked and she was just singing but like it was a good show like she killed it her voice is so beautiful and i just love it i'll perform right now my favorite Oh, you never smoked this much before we met. Light up, light up another cigarette. Oh, I'm falling, falling asleep at the wheel, at the wheel. Guess I forgot how to... Okay, now it got bad, but you know what I mean. 
I really do think that and you know I hate saying this stuff because I really just like whatever is the reality of my life I make my narrative I am not getting a full-time job so I'm making it my narrative that I don't need one um I don't know if that's like sore loser energy or what but I genuinely do feel like called and led okay that sounds so dramatic okay I am leaning towards in my decision making patterns recently uh freelancing and taking that serious and Emma kind of inspires me through this because she's like there's no way that you can't do freelancing and pursue like a music career and I know exactly the most annoying part about like music is like I know exactly what to do and I've basically been studying it my whole life like I know what I need to do I've worked for people like literally like I I can tell you right now if you want to be a stop a pop star from home here's the starter kit first get like GarageBand or Ableton or like a DAW on your DAW, whatever it's called, on your computer, and then get like a MIDI keyboard and a mic. But you don't even need a MIDI keyboard. You just you could have like a live instrument too, and like get one of those um things and plug it into your laptop. But you can also get Splice, and if you know music enough, you can probably just like literally pull in sounds from Splice. Make your own beat because I hate when people rap and sing over like tight beats. Or you could buy a beat if you're trying to be efficient, like Wande was. And you just do that. You, like, record your song, and it's probably, like, a demo. And then you can, you know, pitch it to people, send it to people, and ask if they can produce it or engineer it. Um, or you could book studio time and pay an engineer to, uh, like, mix and master your beat and, like, record your vocals in the studio. And then um, you can record, like, a rough a version and then like send it off to get like mastered or you can like just see if like your engineer can mix and master it like depending on the studio but literally like it all depends but like more of the story is like this is all possible and the thing is like you don't even need like fancy mix and mastering when you're like starting off if you just like have an ear or, like took basic choir like you know like the how the bottom end and top end need to sound when you're producing music so it's just like not rocket science anyways more of the story is like I know how to go through like DistroKid. I have my own software or Spotify artist page. Like the only thing that's stopping me is like the lack of belief in myself. I swear. Like that's the only thing. Anyways, nobody cares about that. Actually, Emma encouraged me to be a pop star in this episode. I talk about that in every episode. Anyways, so this episode's really good. If you, again, need any resources that she mentions, she mentions freelance founders uh, rate calculator. And I'm going to link that in the show notes below. But dm me or follow the carly dare podcast instagram and dm me any guests that you want me to talk to because here's my talent in life i'm great at getting like these guests at talent like if i see somebody i want on my podcast like i can usually book them here's the flaw i feel like i'm bad at asking questions i feel like i'm bad at like uh listening and uh, engaging especially over zoom because it's hard to read like body language but um it's very like formatted through but I am just so I know it's gonna take more practice I know that and I'm just looking forward to the future I'm excited about my podcast I feel um great about it and I'm just excited to see if it helps anybody so if any information has ever helped you why don't you leave a review punks like just go into the review section nobody's ever left me a review before which i can't handle at all like literally leave it like i know you're listening i go on anchor and i look and i know you're listening so just leave a review 
seriously all right that's it let's get into the episode with emma hi how are you this morning i'm good i'm good you know it's just another wednesday morning in new york yeah another wednesday in new york what is like your regular morning routine like to getting ready for the day yeah yeah so um i have a little dog um uh, a little dachshund so um which is new well I mean, not brand new but newish so um that has like kind of changed up my morning routine a little bit. And I also live with my partner. So um, it's not just me. And I kind of have to like, um, you know, adjust for all the people in dogs I'm around. Right. But for the most part, um, I get up, I try, it depends on, I try to get eight hours sleep every night. So it depends on if I had like events the night before or things like that. But I try to be up by like seven, seven thirty every day. Um, sometimes that's up and not out of bed, but, um, I try to get up. Um, and then I try not to be on my phone, but I also like to like read a couple of newsletters that I get in the morning, like overall, like just like kind of national and like global news newsletters. Um, and then I, this is very random, but it's something I implemented during COVID, um, I, or quarantine. I, um, take a friend do like a French lesson every morning, um, just like get my brain going. Um, and then I usually take my dog on a walk. Um, I get a coffee or make a coffee at home and bring it with me um, with my partner. And then I uh, come, come home and get ready for the day and um, sometimes make breakfast before, depends on kind of the mood. And I'm usually at my desk by like 8.30, 9. Um, and I either sit here all day and work or I go to meetings or, you know, but that's kind of how my, how my mornings start. Nothing too exciting. Um, <laughs> yeah yeah be on your stories like every day you do like a little to-do list which is so cute when does that come into play yeah yeah um I I am like I use a bullet journal um and so I do this my kind of my to-do list um I guess process is I make like a to-do list for the week um and then I like block out every like every Monday I sit down in the morning and I like kind of put it in my calendar for the week so I kind of know like what days I need to do what um and yeah my mornings I do like I get a lot of I did it like twice and I got a lot of feedback being like oh this is really cool to see like what like a someone that works themselves or what like a designer does actually does all day right um and it's also like a fun way to plug my clients into my story sometimes like you know get you know get people to click on them and see them and stuff like that um I always ask clients if it's like they want to be Mm. you know some people like some people don't have Instagram yet or some people, um, you know, especially like small businesses, businesses, if they, uh, you know, if they don't want people seeing the account for it, they don't set up or things like that. So I make sure it's okay with clients. And if it's not, I always just put like a kind of like industry, a little, uh, a little something to start the day off on story. <laughs> it's so cute. Okay. So for those who don't know what you do, why don't you introduce yourself and a little bit about you? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I own a creative studio called Yes, I'm Creative, um, based in New York, and I, I work with people all over the, it's weird to say, but the world. I'm working with someone um, right now in Amsterdam. It's like so cool. Every time someone reaches out from like another country, like I can't believe that, that this is real. But um, yeah, so I do uh, graphic design, creative direction, um, branding, uh, you know, strategy, kind of overall, anything like a anything creative um me and my team do for uh, small businesses and I say people with audiences it's kind of like my new uh 
I've been trying to work on like how to say who I work for. So mm-hmm. like people that are, you know, have podcasts, have, uh, you know, are, are active like on Instagram or have blogs or, you know, different things like that. So it's kind of a balance. My clients are like 50, 50, um, like, you know, products based or service-based small businesses and, um, you know, people have like their own personal brand. That's so cool. It's such a cool market that you're going into that you're like, okay, I want to focus on like people with audience because that's only growing and growing every day. So like for you to focus on that is really, really cool and wise because like people are going to see that. How like you are working for like those type of people, but also like small businesses and like that vibe too. Yeah, it's it's fun to balance the two too because I I really do love working for, I love working for product-based you know, businesses that have like mm-hmm. a, um, like I love doing package design and I love like, you know, kind of doing like logos for like an, uh, a physical item. But then I also love doing like personal, um, personal branding and personal projects. Like, um, and that it's like, I've done like eBooks and cookbooks and, you know, all sorts of random stuff for like people that kind of have like their own personal brand. Yeah. It's fun. And I think also like, it's fun to, kind of see both worlds and like I don't know if I could ever do one or the other like alone I think that I like kind of the it makes it not so mundane is having kind of like a variety of clients because I have like a lot of a lot of like colleagues or I would say like as in like people that do what I do that are more niche down into like one specific like category and I don't think I could ever like only work with um like a specific like wellness brands you know only work with like you know a specific very small niche yeah, I really, and I also really love working with podcasts. I think it's so funny. I was at an, uh, like a networking event a couple of weeks ago and I was talking to a, um, an older, older man and I said, yeah, yeah, I work for a lot of podcasts. And uh, he was like, you do graphic design for podcasts. What do they need like design for? Like, oh, well, actually a lot. <laughs> He's like, it's so fun. The irony of working like for an audio-based platform doing like graphic work for, uh, it's kind of funny. That is funny. I always thought of it as like, you know how like pop stars or like singers, like they have album art and they have like, they have to do like music promos. So like whenever, like we started transitioning into podcasts, I just viewed it as like the same thing, but like talking. Yeah. And you also market podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a different form of of, uh, content. So let's go back to like the beginning a little bit. So did you grow up in Charleston? Um, I grew up in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Okay. Um, So just a little bit south of Charleston but yeah I grew up there but I moved around so my current address is my 23rd address in my in my life oh my god and I grew up moving around like a ton so my parents aren't from South Carolina but my grandparents um had been living uh near Helton Head and my parents decided to move there just to kind of be closer to them as they were getting older um yeah so I grew up there and I went to USC in South Carolina um I went to school thinking I uh I wanted to be a doctor so I had this whole like plan of going in state for undergrad because I was like, oh, I'm going to spend so much money on med school. I have to save money and go in state. Um, and <laughs> I'm not in med school as you can all see. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I um, I was a biomedical engineering major when I started doing design work kind of just as like a creative outlet. Um, I started doing it just for, well, when I got to school, I had access to like uh, the creative cloud well, back then it wasn't really called the creative cloud but um adobe and you know photoshop and illustrator and all that so i started kind of just like tinkering around because i like the the digital like kind of i'd already done i've always done like uh physical art and so i the digital art world like kind of like interests me 
yeah, so it always it always interested me. So I kind of started like playing around, and um, I was in a couple clubs in school that needed you know flyers or social media graphics or right. whatnot. So that's kind of how I started. It was just like organically like kind of making stuff, and I had overall like a, a not to toot my own horn, but I had a decent eye. So like putting layouts together was like really fun for me, and I I, I could kind of do that without having kind of any training. I just had to figure out how to change fonts and things and all that. I watched a ton of YouTube videos and sculpture and a lot of Googling. <laughs> yeah. And so I kind of got comfortable in the platforms and um, the programs. And I was going really regularly to this yoga studio in my college town. And she was kind of like my first quote unquote client. Um, okay. I bartered yoga for design work. Um, so yeah, that was like my first like real life and I honestly like and she was very open to me learning as I kind of was going along because um she was like a little bit older and like wasn't super familiar with like Instagram and things like that so mm -hmm. I helped set up a lot of that she was awesome she was like such a great experience to like get to you know when she'd be like okay we need a flyer for this and or we need like you know random things or a logo for this event or whatever and I'd kind of like be like watching YouTube as I like did it myself and figuring it out and stuff um and uh yeah so then she referred me kind of within my college town to like some other small business owners and mainly in the fitness world but also like some other my first little niche was the fitness world but um yeah yeah and then it kind of working with all those people in my you know locally which is uh what gave me the you know confidence to kind of apply for different projects um and that's actually when I started working for um Danielle and Brooke was I applied they were like working for I was really into podcasts back then mm -hmm. and I still am but um uh, it was kind of when a lot of them were just getting started. Um, it was when a lot of them were just getting started. And so I reached out to do their cover, but I also kind of like wrote a, I would say quote unquote, like a marketing plan kind of thing. Um, oh, wow. At that point I had changed my major to marketing because I wanted a business degree. And I thought that like, because I honestly didn't see design growing into a business at that point in college. Like I think when you're in college, like entrepreneurship, even though you can major in entrepreneurship, I feel like it isn't talked about or like, or like, uh, I guess championed or anything like yeah. that while you're in school. So I honestly didn't even like, it wasn't even like on my mind that I was even a possibility. So I set myself up for, you know, getting an actual quote unquote, an actual job. I mean, like a corporate, you know, working mm -hmm. for someone else's job when I say that. Um, so I, um, yeah, but I wrote out a marketing plan for them. Like, here's what other podcasts are doing. Here's what I think you guys should do. And I think that's kind of what set me apart and why they picked me to do their cover. And then therefore I now am their creative director and I do all their, all their stuff down to like wow. planning the last photo shoot. Yeah, it's fun. And so then working for them, I kind of grew into like that audience, uh, you know, people with audience space. Right. Uh, it's been really fun. Yeah. And then working for small businesses, you know, alongside it's uh that's kind of where I started and how it kind of grew. I love your story. Well, I love it even more because I went to USC too. And I feel like I definitely felt the energy of like entrepreneurship not being talked about. Like we weren't taught yeah. that in our classes. I majored in public relations because I thought that majoring in marketing or like in the business school would be like too hard because my core about math but like I just thought that <laughs> I don't know like I thought like PR was like what I had to do because like visual communications or that major like to me like didn't seem real for some reason yeah yeah, yeah to me I, when I was like when I was changing majors from 
when I went into change, I had changed from biomedical engineering to biochemistry. Wow. And then from that to chemistry. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, what I would do with that. Major. Mm-hmm. I was just like unhappy in what I was doing. And I it was like changing majors because I thought that would solve the problem. But I went to a career counselor and mm-hmm. they told me about the Viscom major. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I, again, I feel like I also went to a, a high school where like graphic design wasn't like, I feel like some people are introduced to graphic design earlier on and it might've been more comfortable mm-hmm. like with that major. But I also had this weird, like I wanted a business degree because I thought I could like do other things with it kind of thing. I don't know. <laughs> now it doesn't matter at all that, yeah. even, you know, I mean, I, I am using it in the sense I actually learned a lot in that degree, but I could be doing what I'm doing without a college degree. And I also think that that's, I have younger siblings and I think that that's mm-hmm. also like, you know, entrepreneurship isn't like talked about a lot or going to not going to college and like kind of doing your own thing. I mean, yes, I'm sure people that go to college, you know, have, but have like, you know, more opportunities in the sense of like jobs are willing to hire them. But like, I think that you can have just as much success um, not going to college or going to college and not graduate. You know, I think that there's, there's a different path for everyone. And I think that, um, you know, that one, that one mainstream path is like marketed too much to us as as high school students. So what, like, when did it go from having a couple clients to like you and your brain clicking? I want to start this as like my own thing. This is going to be my own business. Like when did that come about? And was that supported by your family and like people around you? Like, how was that transition? Yeah. So when I was I really started picking up when I was a senior in college. I had had a job all through college. I put I put myself through college um, financially, and so I had always wow. had a job, and um, I had always worked like you know 15, 20 hours a week. And my senior year, I had like saved up that summer. I'd had like a big job um, in New York City and stuff, and I had saved up enough that I was like, okay, I'm gonna try. To, and I had been doing the design stuff, so I had that. But I was like, I'm not gonna get a quote unquote, traditional job this semester. Like I want to, you know, have a little bit more of a life my senior year. And I want to um, also have like some time to do work on this design kind of side hustle. At that point, it was really like a hobby. I saw it as a hobby that was making me money. I hadn't, didn't have, I had an Instagram account for it and I would post stuff sometimes on it and I didn't like really tell anyone about it. And I didn't have a website. I had like nothing every, I didn't have like pricing guide. I had no processes set up, but yeah, I, I had like I'd probably be working like 10 to 15 hours a week on it during my senior year of college. And again, I still had full intention of getting, you know, a, I was applying for marketing jobs and some like marketing jobs that um, design like was like a plus because if that made sense, like I had like that, I had, a, I had put together a portfolio in like Google drive mm-hmm. um, and that's what I would use to like pitch to new clients. I'd be like, Hey, 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 like my site is in the works, AKA I had didn't even have a domain. Um, and uh, here's like my portfolio on Google drive, just to like show you some of my work. Um, and that's also what I was sending to uh, potential jobs. And um, it didn't really click until I got a couple job offers back. Um, I applied to jobs. My partner is a year older than me. So he had moved to New York already. And I um, had lived with him between my junior and senior year while I interned in the city. So I knew I, I liked it here. Um, but I applied to jobs kind of all over. Like um, I applied to New York. I applied to um, like LA kind of all over the country. And um, I had no, I'm not someone that like grew up being like, oh, I want to like live in this specific mm-hmm. place like I was open to I knew I didn't want to move to South Carolina and I kind of wanted to get out of the south but I was very much open to like kind of going wherever um and I got a couple job offers back that were for like 
you know, entry salary of like 32, 35, $37,000. And I was like, I mean, at, you know, when you're graduating college, you're like, wow, that's so much money. But <laughs> I was yeah. kind of thinking, you know, I'd, I'd sit down and think about it and be like, wow, I think I could actually make this much money, if not more, mm-hmm. if I, I'm only working 10, 15 hours a week right now as a designer. And I'm also charging, like I was not charging enough. And, um, I like kind of didn't know what to charge at that point. And I, but I knew that I wasn't charging enough. And so I, it took those job offers. And also like my partner was a huge like advocate to like starting my own thing. He was like, you know, all you can do, if you don't try, like you're going to always wonder what it was like. And if you, you know, if you give it an all, like all, you know, if you give, you know, act like it's your full-time job and give it 40 hours a week right now. So at first when I was working quote unquote, like 40 hours a week, you know, I was making my website, I was setting up like contracts. I was setting up kind of like my systems and I'm like a very type A organized person. So mm-hmm. I was like creating my, kind. I literally would write out on paper, like, okay, the client comes to me, here's the first step. Here's the next step. Like kind of like what I would do step-by-step because at that point I had just kind of been doing it like, oh, like I have a lot of classes this week. Like I'll get back to you by the end of the week kind of thing. Like I didn't have any timelines or anything like that. Yeah. So I kind of spent some time after I graduated, I lived at home for a little bit for like two months before I moved to New York and I kind of got my website set up and I got all, and I signed up, like like signed up to be an LLC um, and all that kind of stuff and kind of got all my ducks in a row. And then I gave myself six months. I, I, told myself I was going to move to New York. I was going to do this full time for six months. And if, you know, I was lucky that I was moving in with someone. So, you know, splitting rent in New York, it really helps. And, you know, it's, um, and I had also like saved a good bit during like my, you know, I still had some savings and things like that. So I had some room to, to, to fail. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I gave myself some time and I was like, if I need a supplement, like if it doesn't do well and I need to supplement with, you know, get a, you know, a, a service job, like a barista job or a work at a restaurant or something, I could totally do that. Um, but in six months, if it wasn't doing well, then I would apply for like reapply for jobs again. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I went full, it was amazing. When I opened, like published my website, it went on my inquiries, just like, I think people like took me more serious and they were willing to pay my prices. And I really, and I joined a co-working space too, which really helped, um, my, I spent like a month in New York working out of my apartment. I was going crazy. So I joined a co-working space and that really helped me find a new client base too, because I joined like a all women's entrepreneurship based, like co-working space in the city. So I met like a ton of entrepreneurs and people looking for logos and graphics, you know, graphics and social media help. And at that point I would take on anything. Like if someone had any project, I didn't, you know, I would, I would do literally anything and everything involving design work. So now I kind of need, like, now I only kind of accept more projects that are more in line with like what I'd like to do. But back then I was a lot more flexible with kind of like what I, I, I would was, I was kind of willing to work, you know, if someone gave me some, like, I don't know, some crazy annoying project, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. so I'm to work with you. I definitely am a little bit more picky with not only, and that's something also I had to really learn along the way that you don't have to say yes to everything that comes along. And even, even sometimes like, you know, in the beginning when you're like trying to make a name for yourself and trying to like, you know, just pay rent and things like that, it's, it's, you know, I kind of had to just say yes to things, but as I kind of started getting more busy and things like that, it's still, I had a really hard time saying no and making sure that you're like vetting people. So you're not where, you know, 
you're working with people you want to be working with, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's hard to, it's hard to learn to say no for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I love the beginning of your like story. Amazing. <laughs> I love you. Like how you took it so seriously, how you're like, I'm going to do this one thing for six months and act like it's my full-time job. Prime advice. That's amazing because I feel like that's like a perfect amount of time to like see if it takes off or fails if you're being consistent every day and showing up. It it worked. Like it seems like you're doing great. Your website is beautiful and just like your whole style is like so cool. And I think a lot of my listeners and a lot of people in my life like get stuck and this is including me too, like just to get started on like an individual project. You know, it's like I can't pick something. Like that's what I'm going through right now. It's like, I can't pick something. Even if I wanted to focus, do I want to be a pop star? Do I want to have my own creative studio? Do I want to work corporate? Whatever it is, I can't decide to give that six months to that one thing. What would you tell somebody who may be hesitant to focus on like one project and like see if it works for themselves? Yeah, I definitely think if you're like multi-passionate and you have like multiple projects, um, like right now, I'm I'm not trying to make it about myself, but right okay. now I'm working on a uh, an app for uh, basically the synapses is like I'm it's like a volunteering in New York City. It's like connecting volunteers to volunteering opportunities in New York. And I tried to the how it came about was I tried to find a place to like volunteer, and I couldn't really commit to a certain time every month or week because I I just with clients I just didn't know if like. Thursdays at noon every you know I didn't know if I could do that and there weren't a lot of anyway long story short I'm working on this app and it's really hard to be multi multi passionate where now like I still considered it a passion like my my company is my you know my passion has become my job which is a has lots of pros and cons but Mm -hmm. I think that if you have multiple projects you're wanting to work on just making timelines for all of them and kind of having I think there's no no there's no for example for you like there's no negative side of like like trying to do multiple things like Mm -hmm. I think that also trying to see how and that's also why like trying to see how they kind of all play out and that's a big part of why I name like my website is emmamcgoldrick.com and not ESM creative because I knew that I was like okay what if I want to start a podcast what if I want to do this or do that or start another company or start like a you know I started that my uh it's like a collective of like other designers like it's called golden arrow guild and so i have that on my website and i really wanted to give myself the room to you know be creative and grow and not be like kind of pinholed into one one part of my passion i think a big part of it is creating like timelines or goals or you know how i said six months like i had no goal for that but every month like in that six months every month i was making more money than the last and that's like that was my you know i still was kind of like i'd have to say no to some plans because i'd be like hey i can't you know or i'd go out and i'd be like i'm not gonna it's annoying you know but when we were first post-grad moving to new city most people understand like you know they're like hey like can we not split that check i only got one margarita and you guys got four like let's you know you know pay like per what we got kind of thing and most people like understand especially like right when you're graduating and moving to a new place like kind of figuring figuring out that kind of stuff and um but yeah I think that just kind of again I know like random tangents but I think creating that uh, like a timeline and like with goals that like and you know with markers that are like for you example like if you wanted to did you say pop star was the first thing (laughs) you sing I like to yeah that's amazing I didn't know that that's so cool um (laughs) So like for that kind of thing, why can't you sing and have a creative studio? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like you're, you know, I think it's, you know, when it comes to like 
now decision making of like naming a creative studio. Now that is where it, um, you know, that's where it uh, gets like a little bit more like tedious. But I think that you know you can do both of those things, and that's like where you kind of have to be like, okay, twenty percent of my day is going to be pop star life, and eighty percent of my day is going to be you know creative studio life until I make more money being a pop star then I'll like balance it out and things like that but I think that you know for being you know for example like for singing like you're like okay for singing I need to I don't even know what you'd what what the the, but let's for example you're like I want to get five gigs a month or I want to you know record an EP or you know whatever it is I think that like figuring out what that end goal is and then like breaking it down into like okay what can I do next week next month or today kind of thing to get to that goal mm-hmm. um and why why couldn't you do that with two things instead of just one I, I'm totally in the mindset of uh more the merrier with with creative ventures I love that thank you for saying that <laughs> I do love yeah. to say it. I I do think that is like so true it's like breaking down those goals and like starting small seeing like what you could do in a day just to like work towards that one big goal in the end. I want to talk too about like how you communicate with clients because I don't have an LLC. I'm not my own business, but I do like freelance some stuff on the side, like social media management, other things. And like dealing with client communication can be difficult. And I wonder like, how do you kind of like set boundaries when it comes to like them paying your prices, them like, like knowing your worth, like how many like edits do you do for a client? Like that sort of thing. Like, how do you kind of stand your ground? Do you have them sign a contract that like lays it all out? How does that look? Yeah. Yeah. So first thing, first thing you said was LLC stuff. I didn't have one for a while. And I think that the benefit to setting one up is just, there's like, it's depends on what city you're in, but like for New York, for example, like you're covered a lot more for like, for example, like uh, health insurance, you can join like this freelancer's union and you can get help get health insurance through them and like there's just like a lot of benefits to it and then there's also a benefit of a lot of clients will ask for it depends on like the client but they can ask for like 1099s or w-2s mm-hmm. and once you set up an llc you get like a more a secure it's called an ein number it's like your business's social security number basically so you don't just have to be like handing out your social security number willy-nilly I keep saying like the weirdest um willy-nilly i love that i don't know what i yeah you, it protects you in that sense but then also through an llc you can when you're filing your taxes and it also depends state to state but especially for New York, like you can write off different things. Like I can write off my co-working space. I can write off, mm-hmm. you know, if I buy a new desk chair, I can write off, I write off part of my rent because it's, I have a separate room that's right. an office in my apartment, like different things like that. Um, it can, it, it can benefit your expenses for your business and taxes. There's, that's the benefit of writing, so signing up for an LLC. Um, and also kind of in line with that, the best thing I ever did for myself was hire an accountant. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, um, literally the best thing I could I struggled so hard my first year and then I found the most amazing accountant so that's also a random tip but then into client communications um it took me all of my client communication tips that I'm about to say or or things not even tips but just like information it took a bad client or a bad experience or like something going wrong for me to learn each of these things and I think that you know, you can take, take away some advice from this, but also like a lot of it is going to be learning along the way. Um, and like learning what are red flags for you specifically. I, at first, like, you know what a contract was like, <laughs> like what, you know, but, um, I do make every client, even if it's like a two hour project, which I've kind of started 
trying to not take on the shorter length projects. I only really take on like long-term or like large package projects now. And that's something also that kind of has helped me like keep my brain, like not be as crazy is like having kind of like fewer larger clients rather than like a bunch of smaller clients. Um, I'll still take on some, like I really like illustration work. I'm trying to do more illustration work. So I'll take on like small illustration projects, but that's kind of it. Say that you reach out to me and you're like, Hey, I need a logo. Um, I say, okay, great. Um, let's set up a discovery call. I kind of talk them through my process. I send them my, I have like a pricing guide. Um, I send them to that, send them that. And I say like, here kind of are my overall packages. And within my package breakdowns, I have everything that's included like down to like the T and how much, like how many revisions. So I'll say like primary logo, secondary logo, alternative logos, you know, three of these, two of these, one of these kind of thing, you know, all of these are, you know, I include like three revisions, you know, I include four patterns, brand marks, you know, all that kind of thing, like everything included in the packages. And I have three tiers of branding packages. So like, I don't do just logos and I, I recommend to anyone that's a designer not to do just logos because it, it I've done it before and it just kind of, again, learned from past experiences that like you need a lot, you know, you need strategy that goes into a logo. And so you need all the foundation of, mm-hmm. of a branding suite. Like it's, you know, and also if you make someone just a logo, it's not setting them up for success either. Like if right. you're working with someone and they, you just give them a logo, they don't have any way to like build on that or create things on their own. Um, they're kind of become dependent on the designer. And I love, like my favorite thing ever is when I get a message from a client, like a month later, and they're like, thank you so much for, you know, creating all these pieces and setting me up for such success. Like I'm able to create these, like, you know, social media, I don't, I don't want to be making social media graphics. So I love making it easy for my clients to like be able to make stuff on their own or make PDFs of, you know, whatever, whatever they need to make. Like I always set all my clients up in Canva when I'm done with all their logos. Like I put their logos and their colors and their fonts into Canva. And I show, I do a little walkthrough on zoom and I'm like, here you go. This is how you can make like anything, you know, here's the templates. You can change your, change it to your colors, you know, yada, yada kind of thing. Once I have that call with that discovery call and they kind of go through my packages and I explain exactly, because a lot of times people don't know what, what a brand mark is versus secondary logo. So I'll go through the packages and kind of explain and they'll, um, usually a lot, most of the time people are like, okay, let's go with the, you know, the second package, like let's do it. Or they'll be like, okay, I need like some time to think. Um, and then I wait and I send them kind of like a follow-up email. Um, if they, you know, I'll follow up if they don't respond or if someone on the call says like, okay, let's go. I'll send them a contract, a deposit invoice, um, all through the same, I use Hello Bonsai. It's the best. Um, (laughs) um, and then I will send them kind of an email with a re- the every email I have I send I start I have like this format that I do and I put their in the subject I put their name and then like what the project is we're working on and what package they have and then that first email I say like hey you know so great working with you here's exactly what's included here's what the deposit was here's the total here's if you want to go you know I have a lot of like add-on items so I say like if you want to add anything on here's my hourly rate currently because a lot of times, and I tell people, I say that that hourly rate that I give you is good for six months because I change my rates a lot just because uh, at the, how small my company is, how young it is, I kind of like have kind of learned as I go and change my rates. So I say mm-hmm. that's like good for six months. So anyway, so I send them that email with and kind of the next steps of 
here's my questionnaire that I like you to fill out. I, you know, for, and this is specific to branding, but um, yeah. And then once they get that contract and deposit um, ready to go, I kind of set up another like uh, kickoff call, I call it. And that's kind of where we go in depth of like the next steps, the timeline. Um, and then currently I do everything over email. Um, I've actually been thinking about switching to Slack because I use Slack with my uh, team, like a couple of people that I work with regularly and I really like it. And I've been kind of debating having all my clients like join a Slack um, page or Slack channel. I don't really, I, I have to kind of figure it out, but yeah, if anyone has any tips or tricks on that, let me know. But I, I've been debating because right now I just go back and forth in email, but I've been debating going to Slack, but I'm also worried that like people will treat it as text messages and like think that I'll respond right away. So I'm not too sure. I'm kind of, that's my current, current issue I'm thinking on. Here's my problem though. I love that. And I, I think it's so cool how type A you are and how organized everything is. Cause that's, oh, type a. I'm like type Z. Like I am just like, <laughs> like here's everything. So I need to be more organized, but like when a cl- let's say a client says, this is great, but I, I already have branding. I just want you to do this, that, and the other. Like, I want you to make social media templates or I want you to do this, or I want you to do that. Like, do you even take on those projects or is that just something that you like, or like, no, like I only do branding. Like it's this or not. Um, I used to do a lot more, like kind of, I used to say yes to a lot more. I've recently mm-hmm. started doing like, for example, for websites, I'll only do a website if I've done the branding for you. Hmm. Or I have like a couple designers that don't do websites that refer to me that I'm comfortable working with their branding that they've done. Cause I know they like build out like the kits and all that kind of thing. Because if you work with a di- designer that doesn't like give you, like if they just give you like a logo file and they're like, okay, like go to, I have to, I have to build out like your color palette. I have right. to build out like your fonts, you know, it's there's cause my fr- website packages are pretty like, you know, I, I'll outline again, what is everything included? And they don't include doing all that kind of, that's in branding. I've learned a hard way from working with some people that have worked with other designers that don't, or they just not, it's nothing wrong with the designer. It's just that the designer didn't like, it's a smaller package that they purchased or whatever. So I now only do websites that I do design for. And then as far as like social media templates and things like that, kind of what you asked, it depends on the pro like, um, like I do a lot of like merch designs for people that I didn't oh, necessarily cool. do their branding. Um, but I didn't like, it depends. It's really project to project, to be honest for like social media graphics. I'd say like the only ones I really do are for people that, um, I've done branding for, or like they'll come back and ask for other stuff. Or, um, if I've done branding for someone, they're like starting a podcast, they'll come back to me or, you know, things like that. But, um, as far as like templates and things like that, like, um, I really only do it for people, not like by like rule, but I only, really have people reach out that I've done branding for. Mm. Um, but I do do like projects, like right now I'm working on like a, I don't want to give too much, I'm giving, I'm working on like a project right now that's like a, a document-based project, but I didn't do branding with that person, but it doesn't like, we're kind of doing branding for the project. So I kind of like built that into the project, if that makes sense. So it's really project by project basis. And that's also where I have like pretty strict deliverables and like packages for web and branding. And then I set kind of like project by project, like pricing based on, if that makes sense. So I'm a little bit more like flexible with kind of the pricing of those items. Okay. That makes sense now. And that's something I'm learning the super hard way because I, I'm like kind of in my yes stage right now. And it is, it is interesting because to hold your ground and to be like, no, like this is what I offer. Like 
kind of not like take it mm-hmm. or leave it, like be professional about it, but it's like, okay, like I can't do that because it makes sense. Like, for example, I had a client a while back that like, didn't know what like a digital strategy was or like a branding manual was. And I was trying to explain it, but they were like, no, like we just need like social media management essentially. And I was like, well, you don't understand. Like that's like a small piece of the bigger picture. Yeah. You need, yeah. I think it's, it's interesting how many, cause it's amazing how many like brands or businesses don't understand that. Like you can't just yeah, I have a friend right now who works just for someone and they're like, oh, we want to grow by like a hundred thousand. And she's like, you you don't understand. Like we need to like backtrack and like create pillars of strategy. And like there's yeah. a lot more that goes into a pretty feed than just that wants to, you know, there can be a pretty feed, but it also right. you don't grow. You need to like, and she's like, I need to check analytics regularly. And they're like, no, like we don't need that. And like, cause she gave him oh. like a pitch of like her hour, like how much how many oh. hours and like that. And she included like, analysis like analyzing like the analytics and all that and they're like oh no we don't need that and she's like yeah yeah you kind of you kind of oh, do yeah. <laughs> I mean I guess like everything's different but I really like how you like set those boundaries and how you like present yourself like through packaging and I think that's a really like that's really good advice like if anybody's starting a business they will like totally like, be able to take that and yeah and also like- don't be afraid I feel like there's a lot of a lot of people say don't charge hourly for things. I think once you're established, it's good to not charge hourly for things. But I also think that charging hourly to figure out how much time it takes to do certain things to help you build out packages is completely okay. And especially making sure that you're out. Because a lot of times people say don't charge hourly, charge package because people aren't paying you for your time as a designer. They're paying you for like your expertise and your skill set and like your ability to like do what you do Mm -hmm. um, and all the time it's taken you to learn to do that and I completely agree with that but why not not just build that into your hourly rate like charge a higher you know don't be charging $15 an hour like charge you know your and also if you're trying to find and figure out how much to charge hourly there's an awesome resource on freelancing females Um, you just have to sign up for their email newsletter and you get access to this like document with like literally tens of thousands of people that have put like what they do, how long they've been doing it, where they're located and how much they charge. Wow. Um, so you can kind of see like, that's that's where I get all my my rate. And like when I was trying to figure out how to set rates when I was graduating, I was a huge like Googler and I, was, and I found it through like, I can't remember exactly, maybe a Facebook page or something, but it helped me kind of figure out what to charge for like my services. But I think build in that kind of what I was saying, like about how, you know, it's not just your time, but it's your, like what, what you've done to get where you are, build that into your hourly rate and, you know, charge that hourly rate to figure out how long, you know, for a branding package that includes this, this, and this, how many hours does it take you? And then like build that package around those hours, add some more in there. Like, you know, it's not just based on your time, but like, now, you know, that like a branding package is going to take me 42, you know, 40 hours over like a four week span or whatever it is. It's something I actually, I really need to like reevaluate my hours that go into certain things charge you know when in doubt go hourly <laughs> okay that's really good yeah. advice okay yeah. definitely I'm like about to go to that website right now I'm like see yeah, I know it's amazing because it, it has like and it's not just design it has everything from like podcast editing to um like mural painting I can oh, try wow. to think of like random things it has like literally all things like freelance creative, the really cool little resource for sure. I love that. Okay. Lastly, like who are some people like you look up to, like who are some of your influences, whether it's like your actual design that you're doing or inspired by, or just like business-wise, like what like goes into your brain that inspires you? 
yeah I think for like vi- like visual in like influence mm-hmm. I guess I love like I'm not like a huge I, you know a lot of people like scroll on Pinterest all the time to like make mm-hmm. mood boards or like about their like I always see people like that they're like my evening routine I do this and I make dinner and I scroll on Pinterest I'm not, <laughs> I'll go on Pinterest when I need like specific like when I'm like okay how do I make this like horse or you know something like specific or something like that for like inspiration on kind of like that kind of thing but I I would say I get more like visual inspiration from like my surroundings and I'm very lucky to live in a city that I'm around like I take pictures constantly I'm I need a new phone I actually think I'm gonna get the new one that just came out uh, oh, or cool. comes out because I I've had I have like an iPhone 9 or 8 or something like that I don't remember which one I have but I have a pretty old one and it dies all the time and because I always have it on because I'm always walking around like taking pictures and I'm I post like a fair bit on social media, but most of my pictures are just like for my, I like always tell my friends, like I try to, I always make us take like ugly pictures. I'm like, it's just for memes. It's just for memories. Like it's not going anywhere. Cause everyone nowadays is like, oh, I have to fix this. I have to fix this. I'm like, no, I want you just how you are right now. Yeah. Um, but I'm the same way about like my, like, you know, like where I live and making sure that I like get out of my comfort zone. Like I go to new events or new places or, you know, I, surround myself with like people that aren't you know exactly like myself and definitely like kind of experiencing different things like that for more like visual inspiration if that makes sense but then for like business inspiration I I'm very lucky I my so my mom um I don't have neither of my parents are entrepreneurs and they're like they both work like um I guess like I guess kind of like blue collar jobs in mm-hmm. in like my mom works at a, on a golf course um and my dad actually is an Uber driver. Um, but and my dad used to work in contract. Uh, he was like a contractor and then um, with my grandfather. But my grandfather um, was an architect back. In, this is like a random tangent. But my grandfather was an architect back like in the 90s and early 2000s. But he had a stroke and couldn't work anymore. So my dad kind of had to like pivot and kind of figure out what to do. But um, anyway, so my both my parents aren't like entrepreneurial at all or like aren't very like quote unquote, like business savvy. Like I don't really have like, a, like I have a lot of friends that are entrepreneurs and they're like, oh yeah, my dad or my uncle or someone's a lawyer and they helped me like figure it. So I kind of had to figure out a lot on my own and they're incredibly supportive and I'm very, very lucky to have like parents I have. And my mom is a, she's an artist, but she's not a, uh, she's like a internal artist. Like she makes things for gifts and she makes mm-hmm. things like for our home, but she never like, I'm trying to get her for years to like sell her work or like she makes like really cool little sculptures and things with oyster shells um yeah she's like she makes like really cool stuff and she made like this wind chime that we have and everyone always loves it and I'm like mom look how many of your friends like genuinely like came up and they didn't know you made this and they're like I love that where did you get it you need to and she also is an incredible watercolor artist and I have been trying to get her to like sell like note cards and things for years but um I think I she inspired me a lot on the artistic side of like um just like creating to create. And that's also kind of where my mindset and where I had to kind of get out of that mindset of that you couldn't make art a job, even right. though like right now I'm, you know, I'm kind of like art adjacent. I, I have a hard time like calling myself an artist, even though I do a lot of like illustration, illustration and things like that. But um, that was like a part of it that I had to kind of like grow out of is that you can make money doing art and that art school is, you know, not necessary for, for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then for like, business savvy, like business wise, I think honestly, a lot of my client, like a lot of my clients along the way, and a lot of my early clients, like 
Um, one of my earliest clients was Blender Bombs, um, which is like a, I'm sure you're familiar from USC. Yeah, we had, I had Helen Hall on the podcast. Yeah, yes, she's amazing. And so yeah. I worked with her and it's like some people like, I think people like her and people, um, you know, that are, that are, I call it like accidental entrepreneurs being her quote, like, you know, being one of her employees, like learning from her, um, you know, how to like, how to work with other people and how to, I now have employees and like how to treat employees and how to like, you know, make sure that you're nurturing them and like helping, you know, everyone around you grow also, um, which she does such a good job with. Um, like, yeah. So I think overall for like business stuff, like just being inspired by people that I work with and like firsthand experience with like those people and kind of like what, you know, how they interact with like their clients and how they interact with their employees. And, you know, if that makes sense, kind of like those no, it makes sense. That is, yeah. that's cool. And that's like your hands-on experience too. Like, it's not like somebody you don't know online. Like it's like, yeah. this is your life. like I'm talking to these people every day, sort of like inspiration. So that's yeah, really yeah. cool. I'm like, yeah. low-key, like trying to create something that doesn't exist out of like university of South Carolina alumni. Like, <laughs> I just feel like there's something about it. Like Helen Hall, you, um, the founder of the Mayfair group went to USC. I'm just like going to find people who are like cool and creative that, came out of USC because I felt in my college experience such a lack of creativity and I just not to blame it on the university it was just like I just didn't think it was a thing and I never thought of myself as a creative human and now I'm just like I wish I would have found this earlier in my life I know yeah I wish I wish USC you should like approach them to do like a panel like a like a all the all the businesses that have come out of even not even like businesses because I I sometimes I say I started a business but like I am a free you know I am a freelancer but I also like I consider what I've created a business because right. it is you know it's an it's a entity but um yeah I think create yeah also like I you know you were you at least you were in the journalism school so you might have been surrounded mm-hmm. by a little bit more creativity but in the business school there wasn't like you know and also coming from like a public state university mm-hmm. with like common core and like kind of a lack of flexibility. I loved USC and I wouldn't go back for a minute and change it, but, and I'm very grateful for the, you know, the education that I got, but I think that I completely agree. I think that they're probably, and it's probably the same around the country, you know, that there is like a lack of optionality, I guess, in your education and like, therefore after like what you, yeah. And also I don't know, I mean, I might've been different than journalism school, but when I was in the business school, so many people came back from their internships and had jobs. So my senior year, I was just so stressed the whole year about getting a job and like, like, it's also okay to not, you know, I, I have so many friends that got, you know, they're in those jobs, they got, you know, middle of senior year or beginning of senior year and are so unhappy like in those jobs or like still like it's very interesting the kind of I completely agree though about the okay I'll work on the panel (laughs) and I'll let you know because I really think it'll be a thing and and it it was not different in the journalism school like that's how everybody like would go intern in a news station and just like be on the news like the next year and I just saw that and I was like I can't like but honestly I didn't even do like the whole broadcast journalism thing but if I could go back, I would so do that because I would love to be like a news personality. I'm like applying to stuff right now that's like that because I feel like I'd be I would have so much fun just like trolling and be like, yeah. hello, welcome. Good to- like talk show. You should just start a talk show on like YouTube or something. I know maybe that's like kind of like what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah. A podcast is basically a talk show. It's just a non, you know, but you also I think you would do very well like on the camera. Like oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you for yeah. encouragement in my um. Oh, I, I think anyone can do anything. And I truly, 
I, I, I also think like my, I don't know, this is like cheesy as hell, but Go ahead. I think that like where you are at the moment you are at, like, I think is the most like you were supposed to be there. Like, like there's no, I don't know who put you there or I don't, you know, whatever it is, whatever you believe in or whatever you think, like you are supposed to be where you are. And I feel like even if it's a negative thing, like I think so much good comes out of negative. And even if your negative keeps getting worse, like, I don't know, there's all those stories of like people that hit rock bottom and like, just like, you know, all they do is go out from, you know, I just, I really do think that you are where you're supposed to be if, if not in career, but also in life and location and, meeting people and I don't know I just a lot of my a lot of my life has been but part of that is showing up for sure like going you know you know going going to things and being active and being vocal and you know being part of the conversation no matter what like what you're interested in or what kind of conversation you want to be part of like just I think being part of it is is a huge part of success in any any field or any you know whatever you know whatever venture you're trying to to achieve <laughs> right oh my gosh that's so good that's so good I just cheesy and a little woo woo but it's... I love that though because that's yeah. like I am I definitely am the same with my beliefs and I think it's so cool but yeah that's pretty much it for the recording today I am so thankful for your time your advice there's a reason why your business is like thriving and an inspiration to other people who are in the creative field because you definitely know what you're doing and I'm so excited to see like what you do next you should definitely start a podcast I I think about it all the time I I I don't know why I had such a hard time with it but I yeah no I know I, I need to have the confidence just to start it as, as my advice to everyone else but I yeah I also yeah no I I know <laughs> it's coming everybody stay tuned okay so if they just met you today where can they find you online my Instagram sorry also if anyone for the odd voice I have bronchitis so that's um, a disclaimer um but um my Instagram is esm.creative and then my website is emmamcaldrick.com um, and I think that's kind of it I I have a, uh, I've been on a couple other podcasts. I have a blog post up that has like all my other interviews that are kind of similar topics, but um, yeah. And also listen to all of Carly's episodes because she's going to have lots of uh, all the, all the USC shows you just kind of, we all came from the same place and it shows you all the cool things that, you know, come out of one, one college. I think that's so cool. That is cool. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. All right, guys, and that is Emma for you today. What an informative episode. She has literally so much knowledge in her brain, and I'm glad that we could just really put this in an audio format and distribute it to your earlobes. So I'm excited that that's happening. Okay, things are getting serious. I think if you found this episode informative you should follow at the carly adair podcast on instagram or leave a review you can just give how many ever stars i'm not telling you what type of review to make it could be the worst review ever i don't care if you hated it let me know just leave a review engagement purposes just trying to like really build something here and i think that could help Okay, so I think that's the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And let me know what feedback you have. I have so many ideas, but I was actually having a conversation the other day about how when you have your own project, it's always the last on your to-do list. And I couldn't agree more. Like, 
this is always like the last thing but if you listen to my first episode I was like super passionate about like I'm not gonna do anything unless I can show up 100% like all in or nothing like I was very like uh just not realistic with expectations for myself so I think I've done a pretty decent job at like maintaining it but I can definitely be more consistent so starting this Monday I am not going to promise anything, but I'm going to try my absolute best to have episodes up like bright and early Monday morning because that's when I listen to my podcast. I feel like it's super like fun to listen to an episode when you first wake up that is super productive. Um, make sure you go to my website, carlydare.org. I did .org because that's way like funnier than .com. <laughs> so I did that and sign up for my newsletter because I send out like the links to the YouTube channel and the links to um all my podcast stuff and like services that i'm offering for graphic design for the month social media management um anything like that like i just feel like that's a good hub if you are interested and that's really it i hope you enjoyed this episode as i've said four million times remember jesus loves you so much you're an amazing human and i hope you have a gorgeous day bye